You're listening to the Soul Ties Podcast with Kenyon and Takar Martin, counselors and authors of Journey to Freedom, The Soul Ties Detox. We bring awareness to toxic relationships, encourage singles growth, and improve couple strengthening. We specialize in repairing the people that relationships broke. And this year, our goal is to see 10,000 hearts healed from toxic relationships. Join us every week on Facebook Live, Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can also send your questions to Instagram at AskTheMartins and Twitter at AskTheMartins. And for more information on the 10,000 Heart Tilled Initiative, booking information, or our services, visit TheSoulTiesDetox.com. Now, let's get into today's episode. So, what are we dealing with today, babe? Today, we are dealing with... Um, a few different questions. So what we're doing, we get a lot of questions um, about different things, women pertaining to their men specifically. And we wanted to give a man's approach to this, um, not just, you know, coming down and just be like, you need to leave, you need to get counseling, you need to do that. We're going to be answering a series of questions that women have asked us specifically about their men and how to deal with them from a man's perspective. I'll chime in from the woman's side because that's all I know. But Kenyon Martin here is going to be dealing with some very, very important topics. And we hope, like I said, you share and we hope it helps somebody. And maybe some men will tune in, too. Absolutely. And, and you know, what? knowing men, men usually kind of tune in just to listen in. Yeah. And and that's OK. It's, it's all right if you if they do that. So yep. that's fine. Uh, you want to go ahead and get started? Let's get started. It's a litany of them. It's like running a gauntlet. So yeah. we're going to try to get through as many of these as possible right today. Exactly. And if you have a question of your own, drop it in. We may be tackling it um, here. We may try to answer it tonight if we have time. Okay. So let's go ahead and get started. The first question yes. is, mm-hmm. my man says I'm always disrespecting him. But I don't understand how when he's the one that seems to act disrespectful all the time. Well, that's not nice, is it? Okay. Yeah. So that's the first question. So how many of you have actually um, dealt with that? Now, before we get started, um, while you answer, before we get started, I want to make sure that we're clear on a few things. Number one, house cleaning is that uh, you're in a safe place. It's okay to share your thoughts, your uh, your your um, experiences or whatever with us. Uh, you're in a safe, safe space. It's non-judgmental, but it's definitely going to be 110% truth. All right. Uh, number two is I do not like giving marital counsel to single people. Right. Um, oftentimes we receive messages like this because there are there is one part. There are people hanging on in a relationship and really you should be assessing the relationship to see if it's worth what you want in a relationship. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. However, we're going to answer these as best we can um, with the idea that they're single in mind. Right. That makes sense. So how many people have ever dealt with this that you're dealing with a man who says, Hey, listen, you're being disrespectful to right. me. Right. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> you're dis- you're being disrespectful to me. And, and in turn, they begin to disrespect you. Okay. So here's the deal. Hey, Cassia, how's it going? Do you know who that is? No. Because he was like, he said, nah, now I'm finna listen and share. Don't be boxing me in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Listen and share. I think share. that's there hilarious. Yes. Listen in and share. So here's the thing. What you first, what I like to do is help you, um, the person who asked this question, hopefully you're here, is help you understand first uh, what what respect is to a man. 
it's very important to begin here and then we'll build on that. Is that okay? Yep, absolutely. Okay, so respect to a man is how you love a man. A man sees respect very differently. Right. Uh, and, and it's a lot more intricate than just, okay, I need respect and you setting boundaries or whatever. It's not ego building. Right. It's not a, a mechanism of control. It's how you see his value and his regard. And that to him is translated into love. Does that make sense? Yes. So for a man, love and respect are kind of one and the same. Right. Respect is love. Got you. For a man. Okay. And I want you to understand it from that perspective first, because then we can build on to what's going on between you and your your guy. All right. So that's very important. So you need to understand because right there is uh, will dictate how he responds to what he considers disrespect. He responds to it as if it's unloving. And when it's unloving, he retaliates Mm-hmm. in an unloving way. Not saying it's right or wrong, but you got to understand the logic of this thing because when you understand it, you'll be able to respond to it properly. Now, number two, um, we have to deal with what is respect. We know that it's love. We know that it's perceived as love, but on a deeper level, what is respect to men and what is respect to your man? It can be subjective and I'm going to show you how. So first of all, just like women regard love and women say, I know or women can say, and and or have said, we'll put it this way. Uh-huh. Women have said, I know what it feels like, even if I can't articulate it. More, most times and more often, men knows what respect feel like. Right. And it feels like love, but they know what it is, even if they can't articulate it. So if you go to a man and say, well, how am I disrespecting you? And he goes off and it sounds like gibberish. It's <laughs> yes, ma'am. Listen, no, I'll give you a perfect example of how it's gone down in our house as far as d- what disrespect was translated to. Okay. Um. So us being a blended family. Yes. Right. So Kenyon comes in and he's very gentle with how he regards um, telling the kids what to do. Right. And so a lot of times he'll be like, okay, I like order. Here's how things need to be done. Period. Cool. I'll let the kids know this is the kind of order that we need in the house. Boom, bang, pow. <laughs> when the kids do not do things orderly for Kenyon Martin, he at one point would get so upset. And I'm like, number one, they're just kids. Number two, they forgot. No, 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 no. I consider that disrespect. It's personal. And I was just like, how is that disrespect? They didn't even do nothing to you. Like, what are you talking about? And he was right. like, no, this is disrespectful. And then it wasn't until he had to sit down and explain to me, I like order. I consider things, I consider everybody around me and I do things in a way that is considerate of everybody around me. That's a part of who I am. And when somebody does something out of order, I take it personally because it's a part of who I am. And so number one, that told me I need to pay attention to not just the fact that he feels disrespected just because somebody didn't do something in order. It's because it's a part of who he is. It is his nature. It may not be the same for your man, but what you need to pay attention to more than just him saying you disrespected me, is paying attention to what it actually is that leads him to say he feels disrespected. Absolutely. I, that, that's very good. That's very good because respect is a part of our nature. Yes. Okay. And then so we take anything outside, out, out of lines of that as, as, 
uh, really personal. Right. So let me give you a couple things. If he can't articulate it, and most men cannot articulate it, um, but we know what it is. So let me give you a few ideas of where respect might exist around him, if you will. Right. Again, we want to develop an idea of what respect is so that we can begin to answer your question of how to deal with him and his disrespect for retaliation. Number one is respect is regard. We know what regard is, is paying, is, 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 is giving him a set, a list, um, a value. Mm-hmm. Okay. An attentive value, if you will. Number two is interest. And this is not, really interest like I'm interested in you or he has your interest or or you have um, he has your interest it's more or less I'm paying attention right you see what I'm saying yes that's very or worthy of attention Mm -hmm. this is very important because what you're tapping into when you're dealing with respect I'm kind of going over here that's okay but what you're tapping into when you're dealing with a man's respect every man whether they're good at it or not have an, an innate draw to leadership Yes. And they want to lead. They want to guide. And they think, we think that we're supposed to be placed in that position. Okay. And part Mm. of being placed in that position is being loved. Okay. Because in that position, you are loved. Right. It's it's not an ego thing. It's just, it's just an automatic feeling. Just like women have an automatic um, uh, draw towards nurturing. A man has an automatic draw towards leadership. Now, I'm not saying whether he's good or bad at it. I'm just saying the natural inclination. Does that make sense? Because I want to make sure that we're connecting. Right. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Um, um, Honor. Honor is very important. Honor. And when I say honor is not necessarily praise, but it's merited recognition. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by merited recognition. Listen, 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 ladies. Your presence is the merit to his honor meaning how you carry yourself or how you deal with yourself. If you consider yourself a couple or consider yourself with him again, I, I'd rather talk about, talk to married couples about this, but when you're, when you're dating, you're, you're, you're it's developing important to that know connection. and learn these things. It's, it's important to know. So one of the things is, is that you, the way you carry yourself merits his honor. Right. Th- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Admiration. And that's not necessarily praise, but it's, um, it's an esteem. It's an esteem issue, okay? It's it's a value issue. Yep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Consideration, again, it's not a kind consideration. It's considering him or considering his thoughts or considering his his ideas or 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 or, or leadership. Right, absolutely. Okay? And attention. Now, I'm just throwing these words out so that you can get kind of a GPS Got it. Yeah, absolutely. area of where it is for him. Now. <laughs> let's let's turn, now turn just around just a little bit now we're gonna turn around a little bit because here's what happens if a man has internal frailties and idiosyncrasies or problems tripping over those problems can be considered disrespect here's the reason why yep because when a man is uh uh, uh when those problems come out uh-huh and you pull them to the carpet or they're exposed, if you will. Mm-hmm. Those are vulnerabilities. Right. Vulnerability, vulnerabilities yields disregard. Right. Disregard yields disrespect. Doesn't mean you're trying to disrespect him, but it does mean that he can perceive it as disrespect because now I'm in a place where I'm exposed. Yes, ma'am. I think one of the bigger issues I, that, that we see come to us a lot in questions yes. is that 
um, a lot of times we have women who are dealing with men who, like you said, have that innate draw to leadership, who believe it is their right to be the leader. Right. But they were never taught how to lead. Right. And so that becomes a vulnerability because what happens with us women, we think we're so smart. Whenever a guy says, you know, you're disrespecting me, let me be the leader. And we start popping off like, well, lead something. What are you leading in? What are you doing? And so it becomes a frustrating point. It becomes a point of friction between the two of them because you have a man who has not been taught how to lead who that's good who that's desperately good. wants that position and wants to be a good leader for all intentions and purposes he wants to be a good leader but because he hasn't been taught how to how to lead and he hasn't been taught how to earn that that respect that adoration as a leader he doesn't know anything to do but to force it right on onto his significant other and then you have this problem right here potentially right so 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 let's build on that respect is love Okay, he feels love. Then we lay labeled all the different areas of where he may feel love. Yes. Then if there are frailties in his character or demeanor, he may incorrectly perceive questioning him in certain areas as in lack of leadership. Yes. As being um, disrespectful, but more, more in a deeper way, unloving. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you have a man with insecurities, when you have a man who who suffers narcissism, when you may have a man of fear of any kind and you call them on those things, like narcissism, narcissism is a pretty big issue. Right. It's very grandiose and a person is never wrong. But when you call them on a carpet, that will be perceived as disrespect, disrespect. because that is unloving to that perspective. Right. Right or wrong, we're just trying to build up here. Okay. Right. Because now we get to a point where we now have to begin to ask questions. You said that uh, he says I'm disrespectful. Then you said he disrespects me in return. We're going to talk about his response, but let's find out where you are. All right. Mm-hmm. That am, am I going? Am, no, no, no you're right fine. Somebody had a question. I wanted to know when is a good time to jump in and ask that question. Oh, let's go ahead. She said, is it okay to try to teach him leadership? Um, <laughs> We're going to get to that though in the end. Ain't we? Here's the thing about, if you're the significant other, so to speak, and you're trying to teach a man leadership, and, and this is not even about being a man, it's about being too close to the fire. The problem is, is that familiar familiarity breeds contempt. Right. Okay. So when you are close to him and love is respect and admiration and all those things that incorporate respect. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying, well, let me teach you what you don't have. Uh-huh. You have now disrespected him on a level that you can't put a finger on, but, but he feels it anyway. He and, and it won't even just be, he chances are, if he doesn't know how to articulate what, what respect is for him, he is absolutely not going to be able to handle you coming at him trying to say, let me show you how to be a man. That's how he's going to take it. Whatever the situation is, you trying to teach him, his woman trying to teach him that, all he's going to hear is you trying to teach him how to be a man. And it's going to be an insult to him. What I'm, and, and, and just to skip, j- just to answer that question, because I'm, I'm going to skip to a point, um, what you want to do is allow another man to be that mentor. Mm-hmm. You want to allow another man to be. Generally, here's what we do. 
we men know our issues and idiosyncrasies. We either run from them, we either hide them, or we address them. When we get to the point where we're going to address them, we address them by finding someone like where we want to be or like what we want to be. And we will do what's called a surrogate mentorship where they are at a distance or even they're at, even, even at a distance, we'll watch them and pick up traits from them and apply them to our lives. Right. Okay. So, uh, we will do that. And, you know, some men will do that um, from lead- from any leadership, whether male or female, because we're looking at things that add to us. Right. Things that add to our our mechanism of who we are. Does that make sense? Exactly. Okay. And yeah, because a man, listen, our, when we're talking to ladies, our number one defense is always go to counseling. You need to see a counselor because women are going to be natural talkers. They're going to be able to talk out their problems, whereas men don't understand how to talk it out or they never been taught how to talk it out. They think it's not man like to talk it out, but what they will do, they will see another man yes. that they can look up to. Yes. They yes. will see, I mean, I'll, I mean, we hoping we ain't, you ain't looking up a 50 cent just saying like you know what i mean like a thug but if you're looking to leadership what we always suggest is that hoping that he is going to find a mentor i'll tell you what here, here's what it is for men strength is leadership for men the ability to perform is leadership either athletically or academically is leadership for men Knowing the answer is leadership. For men, logic is leadership. For men, being able to tell me how to get from point A to point B is leadership. Does that make sense? Right. And so what we're looking at, we look at other men who are able to do that in intricate ways, and we pick that up innately. It's almost intuitive. Go ahead, because I know you you got something going on. No, well, I wanted to, I definitely wanted to see if you could touch on what Cassio said. He said, um... That's definitely an insult. The fine tuning of a man's leadership is in the household comes from God and rooted in a man's relationship with God. I wanted to see what you thought about that. Okay. So while I, I see where he's going with that, the fine, the fine tuning. Ooh, wait. And then include what Deborah said. What if a man seeks no one with wisdom and keeps to himself? Okay. So, go- so here's, here's what we have to deal with. Um, because I mean, I mean, Okay. <laughs> a man's leadership or the fine tuning dealing with God. We got that Holy spirit. We got all the internal workings, but a man needs to be surrounded by counsel. Yes. A man needs to be surrounded by good counsel. And that's hard to come by. You can't sit in a, in, in a room by yourself with God alone forever or thinking or, or or saying that this is God and this is me and God and we're going to do this. Because what happens is, is a man without anyone outside of him mm-hmm. will perceive whatever he wants to perceive by what he's read or how he feels. Right. So then that runs into, well, what if he's not looking anywhere else for direction? And what does the Bible say about that? Okay. And so he does, he, he's foolish. He's incredibly foolish if he doesn't look at, at the very, at the bare minimum, look to a surrogate mentor for a way to be or the way to, to be guided to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. That's very, it's, it's very, I think it's very important for every, every man to have a male mentor, mm-hmm. to have someone that they look to, someone who they see has those answers has strength, mm-hmm. has already 
active leadership, mm-hmm. okay? Something that's going forward, has dealt with situations. I always talk about, and, and I'm kind of getting off subject to that's answer a, her no, question, no, but, I'm getting, but I'm getting, but I'm gonna get there. Um, I always talk about a male seeking an alpha, a mature alpha male. Now there's a difference between a mature or an immature. An immature is still uh, ego focused, self-centric if you will. But a mature alpha male is one who has practiced leadership and has arrows in his back. So he knows how to deal with hurt. He knows how to deal with setbacks. He knows how to deal with pain, but he knows how to trace forward humbly. That's very important to get. I wanna make sure that you get that. And I believe that every male needs an opportunity to see someone in that predicament so that they can know how to deal with situations that hurt them because men get hurt too. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, babe. No, I was going to say, and not only look to them as they as the person but also look to see how their wives treat them and how their wives act towards them too there is a lot that you can tell by how um successful by how genuine and loving that marriage is as well how do they talk to their wives how do their wives respect them as well because number one we, we keep hearing that it's very hard to listen to wise counsel about being a good man from a man who ain't got no woman. But it's also very difficult to look at, at the holistic picture of a man's success as a good man and a husband and a leader without looking to his family. The Bible has strict requirements about leadership in the church. Your house must be in order. Your family must be in order. Your kids must be in order. So if you're looking for that sort of thing to leadership, look at what the Bible looks to. How orderly is their family? How loving is he towards his wife? Not just her because women can fake it the fog. Is he regarding his wife? Is he showing respect to his wife? How was he treating his woman? Because Absolutely. that's a huge piece of, of the thing for me. Um, as far as like, if I'm going to listen to a couple, I want to see how they both are. Right. Well, I want to see the interaction. Yeah. That interaction. And how they got there. Um, that's very, very important. So I would say a man needs to at least have, at, at the very minimum, one mentor. One of one of my distant mentors who have no idea he's my distant mentor. Just one of them. There are many. I have many different mentors, um, in many different areas. Like when it comes to work, when it comes to hustle, when it comes to um, um, spirituality, when it comes to um, apologetics, when it comes to all the different things that I I use that that makes Kenyon up. There are different mentors. One of them is Joel Gregory, Pastor Joel Gregory. Um, he, he's my pastor, and I don't follow men lightly because I want to make sure I'm going to a good place. And that's a good man because of how he esteems family, how he esteems his wife, and how he leads. Those are some very important things. And so there are very few people who I am willing to put myself because I mm-hmm. know that when I put myself in front of them, my family becomes in front of them as well. And wherever I go, they are. And if I stumble because they stumbled, then my family has that same fall coming up. Right. So I always make sure that whoever I'm following, just like you said, has kind of a great track record and some failures in tow as well, because I want to know how to deal with failures because I can't, I, I'm not perfect. So I want to know how an imperfect person deals with those type situations. Does that make sense? Yes. 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 Okay. So that's, that's very, I like um, what uh, Cree said, diversified mentoring. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a portfolio. I was just want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a portfolio of a mentors. Portfolio, a portfolio of mentoring. So, Miss Ma'am, 
your husband disrespecting. So here's boyfriend, your boyfriend. I'm sorry. See, I, this is why I don't. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. What you need to know is you need to know whether you're disrespecting him. Mm-hmm. This is very important. Okay. How are you disrespecting him? Are you disrespecting him directly and purposefully? Meaning that you're purposefully, you got to be honest with yourself. If this is your man and he's feeling disrespect, be honest with yourself. Do a gut check. Yes. Okay. Be 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 real with yourself. If if you're being directly and purposefully disrespectful, then you're being directly and purposefully purposefully disrespectful. Especially after knowing what we just laid out for you, as far as what disrespect can mean and what it is, as far as love for him, um, are you disrespecting him unknowingly? Mm-hmm. There's a potential for that. There's always a potential for unknowingly disrespecting or being unknown unknowingly unknowingly unloving for men and women right there are things that i could do to her which i will have no idea that she receives as as not being loved and there are things that she could do to me that are the same way are you not disrespecting him but he's interpreting it as disrespect because there are frailties in his character that's one thing that you're going to have to really deal with and as a dating couple, singles, you need to be assessing this because marriage don't make that any better. Right. You need to be assessing whether this is something that he needs to deal with on his own. I'm not telling you to drop him, but at the same time, you're dating and you're you're which is a temporary point in time in which you assess this person to be the person to meet your lifelong goal for relationships. Right. Okay. And finally, are you first unknowingly disrespecting him and then because he retaliated stupidly, <laughs> you're purposefully disrespecting him? First of all. You, you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because that perpetuates that a cycle. Good. Right. I, yeah. That perpetuates a cycle. Yes. All right. Now, hey, uh, Johnny, j- just tuning in. Ms. Williams. All right. Now, let's talk about the response and then we can move on. Okay. Because he's responding disrespectfully. And I just want to make sure that we understand as men that it's never okay to respond disrespectfully. It's always best to try to articulate where you're coming from and where she's missing it. Okay. Yeah. And instead of being passive aggressive or removing our love, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a great book that I always recommend for the married. <laughs> uh-huh. Whenever we do premarital counseling, it's called Love and Respect by Emerson Egerich. Uh, Love and Respect by Emerson Egerich. And it talks about the, the dreaded cycle of um, if you're not loving her enough, she stops dis- she stops respecting you and then you stop loving her more. And it's a cycle. And one of the things that I believe in hands down is men love first. Okay, taking Christ as our um, as our pattern. Okay, and what we allow is is what we say. Okay, we set the environment for love. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to blended families, and we have a whole piece on blended families. You can go back and listen to that later. Okay, but there are issues where in a blended family, a man says, "I demand respect," and then when he doesn't get it from the children. He feels unloved and he feels disrespected and he becomes a just a tyrant. Do this, do this, do this. When it's really one little issue where he's feeling disrespected. In, right? Yes. And so what happens is 
or what what can remedy that situation is setting the environment for love by learning them and building a relationship with them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And when you build a relationship with them, you show them how to love you in that relationship. So what I recommend is for men in this situation is not to respond by being disrespectful, not to respond by being unloving. But if this is a person who you consider that you want to be with for a long term, learn how to articulate where they're missing it. Learn how to be honest with yourself that they're missing it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then get with them and talk to them about missing it and then loving them anyway. Okay. Because I guarantee you 99.9% of the time is going to take patience. But when you set an environment of servant leadership and loving, yes, they respond with loving. There's nothing else they can do, but respond lovingly. There is nothing that we won't do. But respond lovingly. Oh, you want you want some chicken? Okay, I'll go get that for you. <laughs> oh, did you 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 needed me to go iron that shirt for you? Just one second, I'm gonna be right back. Hold on, let me let me go ahead and fluff your tie. Like we will do anything if we feel loved, and we will make sure you are the utmost respect, and nobody will ever get away with disrespecting our man. Absolutely. If we feel loved. Absolutely. I think uh one of the things is is that Takara. You know, just just in our home environment. Okay. Takara responds by saying, what can I do? What can I do to fix this? What can I do? What can I do better? Okay. What can I? But I have to know what the issue is in order to respond to that. If I don't know what the issue is or if I'm acting passive aggressively or if I decide to respond in retaliation by being unloving, not only can she not make it better, not only can she not do something different, but now she's in a cycle. Yes. And I, all I'm doing is carrying her and pushing her and then she's going to get more distant or whatever it is that's going to be more unloving or disrespectful and and and, 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 it, and it continues on. So there comes a point where I stop and I practice this um, all the time where I stop and say enough is enough. And I don't say it like that. I say, hey, babe, I love you. Here's what happened. Here's what's going on in me. And here's what we need to kind of talk about. I just make food. Would you like, last week I was like, peace offering. Would you like some chili fries? Like, would you, peace offering. She did, she did, she did. Now that was awesome for me because I was hungry. That was awesome. That's awesome. Now, so, so that's what I say. But in a dating situation, just young lady, just make sure you understand what drives him and what um, respect is, respect is love to him. Find out how how you're being disrespectful to him and discern whether it's uh, I'm going to be honest. You got to discern whether this is worth your time, because if there is a frailty there that he's that he's missing, um, you know, there's there's some fixing that's going to have to go on in there. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And, and, and again, you said it before, but I want to I always say this. Observe, 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 observe. Now is your time to observe his behavior. If you're saying, hey, listen, I always, always ask questions. If I'm if you feel I'm, I'm disrespecting you, help me understand what I'm doing. What am I not doing? And then if he can't articulate it, try to find ways to be okay how can we work this out if it becomes a situation where there is no resolve and all it keeps doing is ending up in that cycle you need to observe how he deals with his frustrations because if he deals with this one like this the other ones will only be magnified in other areas because you have somebody what we we said like what last week that lacks emotional intelligence and you have to be honest with yourself. You cannot teach him. It is not your job to teach him. He will, it, you will 
eventually grow to disrespect him with if you feel like he is not able to grasp these things and you guys cannot work together. Right. Absolutely. And and I want to be clear here because I, I know the audience is pretty much 10 to one when it comes to, you know, females versus men. So I understand that there's a, a feminine audience out there, but I also want to make sure that you ladies are being honest with yourselves about how you're treating your significant other too. Um, there is no, there is no um, excuse for, for abuse but uh, or any kind of retaliation that's abusive. But you also got to understand that you can be abusive towards him or what he received. A man does not really say that you abuse me because that's not masculine. But you can't. And even if it's not masculine or if he even if he stays quiet, you can still be abusive verbally by being disrespectful in those ways by retaliating. So sometimes and this is why I don't like to talk just to one person, because we're laying all the all the um, responsibility on you to resolve the matter where it really should be both of you. And again, you're single. So the thing is, is that you want to kind of pull back and just make sure that you're right. If you pull back and make sure you're right, then you can respond to him rightly. Then you can see whether this is something you want to deal with anyway. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. All bad asking, what can I do is huge. Yeah. Cassio. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Perfect. Okay, so uh, did we answer that? You think we answered that question? I think we answered that. Okay, let's slam that question. 35 (laughs) minutes in. Man, (laughs) let's get to the next one, please. Okay. So the next question is, my man says he's not the affectionate type, but he has no problem when it comes to sex. See, this is where I got a problem. (laughs) Because this is uh, this is mar- I mean, I'm gonna be honest. This is marital counseling, and I don't like giving this kind of counseling to singles. However, however, we got some married folks in the audience, so right. we're, we're just gonna we're gonna answer it for Cassio. <laughs> <laughs> we know Let, you married. Let's go ahead and lay this down, um, because this is important for you to understand. Okay, he says he's not the affectionate type, but he has no problem when it comes to sex. Here's the deal. He's not the affectionate type. He's not affectionate in the way that you understand affection. Now, we spent the last couple weeks uh-huh. dealing with love languages. Yep. And what we realized, and we dealt with them in a different way. We dealt with them with singles. And you can go back and take a look at that. And we may go back and revisit that for married folks. However, what you have to understand is that what you receive as affection, he does not. Right. That's very important. So he really doesn't mean that I'm not the affectionate type. I'm he because I'm telling you, he's a I, I guarantee you 110 percent that he's affectionate in the way that he speaks his language. He's just not affectionate in the way that you speak your language. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Very important. And so that is very important to understand what love is and what affection is to you. So not, not only can you tell him, hey, listen, this is affection to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is not what you do. But I need you to receive me in this way. Right. And also, it's important to understand his. Because if you understand his, you'll realize when he's trying to be affectionate, even if it doesn't speak directly to you. Oh, yes. That's very important. Because if his, if, if he's like, uh, let me, you know, okay, for instance, I'm looking at this, right? Mm-hmm. And I can automatically see her love language is physical. Mm. Physical touch with a side of... Uh, 
um, quality time. I was just going to say quality time. Yep. She likes to be snuggled up next to each other because she juxtaposition that next to sex. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she likes to be snuggled up and, and, and feel him and, you know, and he's just like, eh, until sex, uh, until sex comes by. Right. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that. But maybe he likes to make sure there's gas in her car. Mm-hmm. So when he goes out and he does that, receive that as affection. Right. Maybe he likes to make sure things are fixed around the house. Receive that as affection, but also begin to learn how to teach him what is affectionate to you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, no. And I think a lot of times, too, sometimes a lot of us get with with guys who have a great sense of humor. He's joking all the time. He's playing in the very beginning. Oh, he makes me laugh. He's so funny. He makes me laugh all the time. But when it comes down to it, sometimes... You have some men who joke around and use that to get close to their woman. And so telling jokes all the time, having a good time, slapping her on the behind, playing, making fun, all that stuff. To him, that's what's getting close. That's what's cool to him. So you and so for her And it's working. And it's right, it's working until the relationship gets, you know, down the line six months in, six plus months in, and it's like, okay, now she wants you to be a little bit more, okay, hold my hand in public, send me messages all day, call me see what I'm doing still take me out on dates and she's missing that part and all he's just like dude I've been doing what I've been doing since we got together like what's happened what's changed what's going on and I think the love languages piece is so important that's why we always stress it because for now that you've kind of gotten into a comfortable place of your relationship it's much more important than in the beginning because in the beginning y'all was high on each other but once you get comfortable it's very important to now learn to love your partner in the most common way that they need to be loved. And it's almost Absolutely. like a reacclimation because they're, they're kind of a different person when you get into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to understand that you're dealing with someone again. You, that was perfect because you said they're a different person. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with someone of a different personal culture, a different home culture, a different internal culture, which means that they may speak well enough to get to know you, but they may not speak well enough to know you. And you have to learn to teach them and you have to learn to learn them. That's very important. So when you're de- when we're dealing with questions like this, usually in a marital sense, The idea is know who you are, learn who they are, and exchange that information in a way that betters both of you in a relationship because it takes work. These things are not automatic. These things take work. Does that make sense? Um, Yes. Now, I have have a whole piece out here on sex and why sex is different from men. Listen, I'll I'll just put it this way. (laughs) Listen, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Just because a man likes sex does not mean that it's affection all the time. It's affectionate and it's a part of the um, the 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 manifest, the physical manifestation of everything that's going on emotionally, mentally and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not (laughs) if your love language is physical touch. This is the reason why sex is not part of any of those love languages, because sex is a. It has a life unto itself, and I'll get into that maybe some other day. If you don't mind, if you want to ask questions, go ahead. We'll 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 entertain them. But just understand that sex is not going to be um, spoken is not understood by men the same way it's understood by women. So Let's sex is not a love language. Sex is a a uh, what do you call it? A a gift. 
sex is a manifestation of the love language executed when uh, properly. <laughs> sex is yes, the manifestation is. of the love language. Right. And 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 it's uh I mean for a man sex is medicine. Sex make things go right. It's sex healing. Is, it's healing is, for it's medicine for women is, too. I mean, come on. I'm, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we just a, need a, we need you to just give us a vitamin before you try to give there, us that medicine. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of similarities, but men definitely see sex different. We never we don't we do not see it as deep and on the same levels as women do. We mm-hmm. just don't um, because we don't receive it or, or 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 give it on the same levels as what well. we just don't. We're just not wired those ways. And so when you take um, um, something like sex and you combine it with your love language in those deep areas, we're going to miss it each and every time. Right. Until you teach us how to get there because there's something that's going to be missing in our in our intuitive way in which we go about it right you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. we'll be passionate we'll desire you we'll want you but there's still a little bit missing there right which is different than men and women there's nothing missing as far as we're concerned we all there listen everything (laughs) (laughs) so we'll deal we'll deal with that if you have if you have questions about that we'll deal with that so we had a couple questions that came through okay let's do that and i i don't Okay, so Terry is quite lengthy, and it's, and it's you know it's it's very touching. Okay, um, and so if you want, I can read it, and then we can go there. Go ahead and read it, Terry. If you don't mind, we, we we're reading. We see you joined, and just know that there's no judgment in the room. So there is no judgment. So we appreciate you being open and honest with us. Go ahead. So Terry says, "I was disrespectful to my husband for years because of the love and respect cycle. He got a disease about six years ago that hit our marriage hard. God opened my eyes." Sorry, God opened my eyes to my disrespect and made me hungry to learn what it meant to respect my husband. But shortly after I started to implement it in my marriage, I found out he was texting with a woman from work. That was two years ago, and he still says he wasn't doing anything wrong. I'm hurt and feel he had an emotional connection with her. Is there still hope for my marriage? He does loving things for me, but still stays up all night, and I feel no connection with him. He sorry, how can I feel that connection with him when this hurts me so bad? Okay, so first the first question is is there is there hope for your marriage? Yes, absolutely there's yes. hope for your marriage. There's hope there there is always going to be hope for your marriage. And I'm not saying that from the standpoint of I want to save all marriages. It's just the case. There is going to be hope for your marriage, but there needs to be two things that's going to be re- uh, one thing reestablished and two things done. One thing, trust needs to be reestablished, okay? Yep. Trust, when trust isn't there, you will walk around with a shade. It's like uh, uh, it's like that cloud over a cartoon's, uh, cartoon person's head. It'll continue to hover over you, and it'll be a weight because you don't know what's going on. You mentioned he stayed up late at night. You mentioned that, you know, th- there's something that y- you just don't feel don't right feel personally. Right. And not to mention, you also realize that he didn't look to you for that level of comfort. If there was an emotional affair, we don't know whether there was or not. But if there was an emotional affair, then he looked away for that level of comfort. So, oh, we get we got we got to deal with this here. So, first of all, you got you have to come to him and say, hey, listen, there's a broken trust there. And that trust needs to be reestablished. Okay. The idea that he looked away, you remedied that, but you have to understand that what that that disrespect, I'm not saying he was right in this, definitely not your fault. It was his choice, but it was a that level of disrespect was a catalyst for him to look for love somewhere else. 
any kind of love, especially in the workplace, because respect is so easy to come by in the workplace because people appreciate what you do and what you bring. And so when people appreciate you, men can receive that as love. And then they begin to look towards that area for the affection that they need. Right. So understand that that was a small catalyst there. Now, that is not your fault. I need you to receive this. That is not your fault. What he did was his choice. But that's not your fault. It's just a catalyst. That's when he says that there's nothing wrong. That's a perception. Mm-hmm. That's an idea. It's something wrong to you. Hey, listen, this is wrong to me. This is where counseling comes in because counseling will help. I'm sorry. Am I am I running over? It's your okay. Thoughts? No, no, no. Go ahead. Because counseling will allow him to see that whether he sees it wrong or right, you see it as a hurt. Mm-hmm. And so we have to deal with that hurt. So there's healing there. The healing that needs to happen and forgiveness that needs to happen. So one, the first thing that needs to be done is trust needs to be reestablished, but forgiveness and healing needs to take place. And those things will take time as trust is reestablished. Does that make sense? It does. And I think as a woman, when you've dealt with something like this, <clears throat> even like you, I mean, and you just said it, even if he doesn't see anything wrong with it, the fact that I feel like there's a problem there, it should be enough for you to respect that, this needs to stop. Okay. And then from there on, Kenyon, you call it open book therapy. <laughs> yeah. It calls absolutely. it open book therapy because from there, it's not just the fact that this is something that's happened. There needs to be a consistent pattern of not just doing loving things because anybody can do loving things. And then, like you said, be staying up all night, but there needs to be a consistent understanding. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what's going on. So there is no doubt in your mind. Open book, no password locks on funds, no no password locks on computers. No, If you're going to be staying up all night, baby, you staying up all night in the bed and we together. And if I ask you who you talking to, you're going to tell me. We ain't even had no issues like that, but we have that kind of connection to where there is never going to be a point where I have to be like, um, well, uh, let me, uh, uh, no, we are always going to be open and honest with one another about what's going on because not only are we trying to alleviate the breach of trust. We're trying to safeguard our relationship from that breach of trust. Absolutely. Open book therapy is something that I prescribe or, or, or guide folks through because what that does is that number one, that rebuilds trust. Number two, that teaches the person who was distrusted at one point in time to be more trustworthy. And number three, it teaches the person who was whose trust was violated to be more trusting. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we handle all three of those and what I call open book therapy and open book therapy is just what it is. You are an open book. Mm hmm. And and it is very uncomfortable. You feel it it almost feels like it's punishment for the person who was doing uh who who was untrustworthy, mm-hmm. if you will. It almost feels like punishment. But the problem is is that it should never feel like punishment to be an open book to your spouse. Yes. So, Thank you, Lord. So it it creates an environment. And what we're looking to do is create an environment as well as a psychology of trust. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. This can happen. It is it's, it's not a done deal. Right. It's not a, your your marriage is definitely not a done deal. Thank you for listening to the Soul Ties podcast, recorded live on Facebook and distributed to iTunes and SoundCloud. Help us spread the word by rating us, leaving a review and sharing. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. If this episode has helped you and you're ready to begin your personal journey to freedom, visit us at the soul ties detox.com. 
If you have questions that you'd like us to answer live, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter at Ask the Martins. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Soul Ties podcast. We hope you enjoyed the program.